For tuning in to the Open Door Ministry Breadcrumbs Podcast with me, your host, Barbara Smith. We are here to share our blog articles with you in an audio format. We know that people are very busy and constantly on the go, but we all still need daily inspiration in our lives. It is our goal to share a few thought-provoking morsels that will challenge you to stay actively engaged in the Word of God. His Word is the bread of life. Cutting the Apron Strings by Barbara Smith When we hear the word apron, we think of grandmother, mother, cleaning, housewife, cozy kitchen, and apple pie. In the 1920s, this was the exact picture that you would see with the apron being a symbol of good old-fashioned hospitality and the icon for the domestic princesses. However, they have served a plethora of purposes before and since that time. The word apron originates from the French word neperon in medieval times. Many styles of aprons were made in varying forms, colors, and materials as overgarments that protected one's clothes when doing tasks where you would get soiled. Cooking was only one of those tasks. Others were made as decorative pieces or for ceremonial use. There are bib aprons, bungalow aprons, tabard and pinafore aprons, some made specifically for children and others for various trades, some fastened with snaps, some with ties in the back and some on the sides, and heavy-duty aprons might have brads or buckles. Besides grandmother, you might find butchers, bakers, nurses, blacksmiths, store attendants, beauticians, carpenters, and many other categories of persons wearing aprons. The apron has seen its rise and fall over the years in popularity, but has made a comeback since the late 20th century due to the emergence of crafting and the rising chefs. Thanks to the public TV, and food networks, we can all wear our aprons with confidence once again. Now a harness or leash for children is a very controversial subject. I for one do not like them because I feel that a child should be taught to obey your word and voice on command. Parents should have a voice of authority that the child knows, respects, and reacts to immediately. They should be thinking, oh boy, they meant what they just said, I'd better obey right away. This should be a subconscious thought even before they are of age to be able to articulate that thought process. However, I do see the other side of the equation and realize each one must make their own decisions when it comes to child rearing. That is a different subject for another article. But I said all of that to say, Though we think this is a new concept from the 1900s, it all goes back to the apron. Now in 1995, Kaufman made a child leash that resembled a stuffed animal, which was 
considered more socially accepted than his predecessors, Rosalie C. O'Connor, who called her design a child safety harness in 1919. It was made of leather with eight metal buckles. As most parents would concur today, we could be to the store and back by the time we could get this thing on our child. Of course, keep in mind, we all have cars now. Just a thought, but it sure would be a task within itself. Each decade has had its version of the child restraining or controlling device, but the apron is where it all started. Before there were playpens, high chairs, leashes, or harnesses, a mother or caregiver would tie the child to her apron strings. Some would also tie a bell to their child's aprons to keep track of them. There are portraits showing the silk cords that were used as an extension of the apron string, especially for more formal occasions. One can be seen in the 1630s painting by Cornelius DeVoe of himself and his family. An older sister is shown holding her little brother at bay for the painting with a silk cord, even though he is also holding his eldest sister's hand. That little fella is not going anywhere. In 1931, there is a depiction of a boy, Don Luis, with his mother painted by Diego Velasquez, showing him holding a silk scarf and her holding the other end. And he has a bell on. He must have been quite rambunctious. This trend was popular even in King's palaces. There was a portrait painted in 1717 of Louis XIV with his children and their governess, Duchess de Ventador, Charlotte, Eleanor, Madeleine, de la Mothe, Houdincourt. It was done in her honor because she had saved the life of Duc de Anjou when he contracted measles during the 1712 epidemic, who later became Louis XV. It was said to be painted by Francois de Troyes of the French school in the 18th century, and he did not miss the fact that the young prince was being led and held onto by a silk cord. He also captured the prince's two dogs, incidentally. This is quite fascinating. <clears throat> Let us think about this from the child's perspective for a moment. To the child, this was not a negative thing, especially if this was what they always had known from the time they could move about. If you're attached to mother, you have everything you need. You are fed, clothed, can play well, depending on the length of cord given, kept from the elements and from harm's way. This is a win-win scenario for the child. They have need of nothing. However, the time comes when the lessons learned in life must go beyond the scope of the apron strings. The infant becomes a toddler, then a preschooler, then a kindergartner, and then, of course, they develop from there. Children learn by doing hands-on activities such as house chores, swimming, fishing, swinging, and the list is endless. Going to school is, of course, an absolute time when the apron strings must be let loose, and we would all agree with that in a physical sense. However, what about the emotional, physiological, psychological, and spiritual sense? Not only has the child become reliant upon the mother or caregiver, but the opposite is true also. 
the one who has told them every move to make and has protected them from all outside forces for years now has to allow them to go and experience for themselves the realities of life and the child in turn must also let go the dependency has become mutual the child must go on and do well however the mother often questions what her purpose going forward will be no one said it would be easy but if it doesn't happen timely a retardation of maturity and relationship begins to take place the symbolism of the apron over the years has been one of cleanliness purity of mind and thought labor and servitude chefs and doctors alike have chosen white as the color for their aprons and lab coats for this very reason to denote purity and an openness to help others chefs for the joy of seeing the pleasure of their patrons and doctors and nurses for the joy of seeing healing come to those they serve with all sincerity which is the dictionary meaning of honestly and without hypocrisy pure and truthful the apron does not cover up dirt but it is to prevent the clothes under it from getting soiled that mother or caregiver has served faithfully and has had dirty little hands and snotty noses on her apron for years there comes a time for her to take it off and refresh and on the other side of the coin there comes a time that the growing child must put on their own apron and begin to serve others from the very beginning of time an apron is mentioned in scripture however adam and eve had the wrong idea of their use genesis three six through seven and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat and the eyes of them were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons they had it backwards the apron of fig leaves could not cover their sin filthiness and disobedience to god's command they were still naked when god confronted them regarding what they had done the conversation ensued god killed a lamb and made them close to cover their nakedness to keep sin out hebrews 9 verse 22 tells us and almost all things by the law purged with blood and without shedding of blood is no remission god subsequently sent them out of the garden of eden to go serve the blood is for our covering it keeps us from being soiled and becomes our apron for service the old testament high priests and priests were given instructions to wear an ephod this was an elaborate linen apron worn over their sky blue tunics which were specified for their service and ministering in the tabernacle and later the temple exodus thirty one ten says and the cloths of service and the holy garments of aaron the priest and the garments of his sons are for to minister in the priest's office interestingly or coincidentally you can choose they were also to have golden bells on the fringes exodus twenty eight four through six and thirty three through thirty five tells us 
and these are the garments which they shall make, a breastplate, and an ephod, and a robe, and a broided coat, a mitre, and a girdle, and they shall make holy garments for Aaron thy brother, and his sons, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office, and they shall take gold, and blue, and purple, and scarlet, and fine linen, and they shall make the ephod of gold, of blue, and of purple, and of scarlet, and of fine twined linen with cunning work. And beneath upon the hem of them shall make pomegranates of blue, and of purple, and of scarlet, round about the hem thereof, and bells of gold between them round about, a golden bell and a pomegranate, a golden bell and a pomegranate, upon the hem of the robe round about, and it shall be upon Aaron to minister, and his sound shall be heard when he goes into the holy place before the Lord, and when he cometh out, that he die not. When King David danced before the Lord, though he was not a priest, he did it as an act of service, and was knowledgeable regarding the requirements of service. Second Samuel 6 verse 14 tells us, And David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was girded with a linen ephod. We all have our spiritual journey to maturity to take, and it is different for all of us. Some will cut the apron strings and put their own apron on faster than others. However, there is no specific timeline. 1 Peter 2 verse 2 tells us, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. The point is to take in as much of the word as we can and grow steadily, preparing for our own eventual service. Paul continues to admonish in 2 Peter 3.18, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Hebrews 5.13 and 14 show us the gradual process. For every one that uses milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. The goal is to become mature enough to sustain without being attached to the apron strings as our security. The scripture often refers to this process using the word perfect or perfection. Matthew 5.48 states, Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Have you ever heard the expression, You look just like your Father, or other similar phrases? As we are genetically like our biological parents, and we are born again, we begin to mature and become like our Heavenly Father. We are assisted in our maturing process by spiritual parents so that we can grow up in the faith. Ephesians 4, 11 through 14 says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children 
tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lay in wait to deceive us we are also given his word that gives us a little bit of a wooden spoon treatment from time to time to facilitate our maturing process as well so we will be able to serve second timothy three sixteen through 17 gives us this message all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness that the man of god may be perfect thoroughly furnished unto all good works Hebrews 13.21 says, Make you perfect in every work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom glory be forever and ever. Amen. We know that Mom, a.k.a. the church, will always be there for us, but we must go from reliance to service by cutting the proverbial apron strings. There are some things we will have to learn on our own, and the apron string will not be long enough. We must let go. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You cannot share the word effectively until you know and understand it for yourself. Moms and dads, ministers and churches let your children go out and serve will it be easy no not for the parents or the children will they make mistakes yes but it is part of the process first peter 5:10 tells us but the god of grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by christ jesus after that ye have suffered a while make you perfect established, strengthened, and settle you. Once you go through your own struggles, trials, and learning experiences, you will be ready to put on your own apron of service. It may be elaborately ornate, sparkly, shiny, or rough and tough leather, or just plain white. This is up to the designer, the Lord. We entrust this into his hands because he knows what will be the best to accommodate the service for which he has called us unto. It is time for you to cut the apron strings. Thanks for joining us today. We trust you have been nourished and blessed. Always remember the Lord is faithful and his mercies are new every morning. Until next time, God bless.